7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. Good evening. Welcome to the show. I am Tabiso Musia Leolom Kalipi is the producer and Zelma Kribi is our technical producer tonight. What a disappointing weekend for our national teams, folks. The Springboks losing again, this time to Australia. And uh, um, also is on the back of a largely unexpected defeat in Argentina the week before. Then there was Bafana Bafana who played out a disappointing goalless draw with Libya in their Afghan qualifier in Durban on Saturday. I was there and so many people were disappointed with that performance, let alone the result. It was raining heavily in Durban. People needed something to cheer them up and it wasn't to be. I think the only cheer that they got in Durban was when that Kom song uh, played at halftime. I think it was DJ Dira or someone and then Everybody started dancing, but they couldn't get that kind of excitement uh, from Bafana Bafana. Um, Having said that, though, Bafana have four points from six after two matches, which is not a bad showing after also playing against Nigeria away from home in the 2019 AFCON qualifiers. Remember, the top two from the group goes through to Cameroon, but after beating Nigeria away from home, many expected it to be six out of six. Stuart Baxter has been accused of getting it wrong by leaving out Bradley Hrobla. His team was not balanced in the first half, and there seemed to be more direction in the second half when Hrobla came on. And... um, but throughout the match, people say that they couldn't see what Bafana Bafana was doing. No identity, no direction. And it's not the first time that people have said that there is no playing identity under the coach Stuart Baxter. And also remember that the people of Durban also witnessed that uh, disappointing defeat uh, to Cape Verde last year, which virtually ended the World Cup campaign. So the question we are asking today is there reason for concern or is it too early to press panic buttons? And this is both for Bafana Bafana and the Springboks. The box have been telling us that they are building for the 2019 uh, World Cup, but they haven't won away from home under uh, the coach Rasia Rasmus. And uh, uh, they've considered so many tries. I think it's 20 in seven matches now under coach Rasi Rasmus. And he says that his bigger plan is Japan 2019. And that 23, that 18-23 defeat, by the way, to Australia doesn't tell you that the box did not score in the second half. So is there reason for concern or is it too early to press panic buttons here? As I said, Baxter has four points out of six, uh, but many believe that he could now blow this campaign like he did the World Cup campaign when he took over a team that was top of the log with 14 with, with four points out of a possible six. So the lines are open. We're going to take your calls on 891 SMS 40938. Our WhatsApp number is 61411 as uh, 04107 and it's hashtag SAFM spot on and we want to find out is it too early to panic or is there reason to be concerned as far as Bafana Bafana and the Springboks are concerned we're going to talk to SABC sport rugby analyst Vatango Beni we're also going to speak to um, SABC sport and internationally recognized commentator Mr. Dwayne Deloca who was also at the game on uh, Saturday they're commentating the Bafana Bafana versus Libya game <laughs> Call Tabiso now, 0891-104-207. And while we wait for those calls, let's speak to Vata Ngobeni, SABC Sport Rugby Analyst, about the Springboks' performance over the weekend and just generally their performances so far. Vata, good evening and thank you for joining us on SAFM. Evening to you, Tabiso. Evening to your listeners as well. I read your stories in the paper today and you, you, you say that Coach Rasi Rasmus needs to address the problems that are affecting the team. What are those problems that you've picked up, Vatangobin? I think uh, the first problem is when he wakes up in the morning and looks at the mirror, would be the man in the mirror. 
you know, um, he, he serves in two positions, the director of rugby and the head coach of the Springbok side. And the, the head coach of the Springbok team reports to the director of rugby at, at Saru. So I think, um, you know, it, it, it reminds me of that book, um, the Nelson Mandela book, Conversations with Myself. So I think uh, the first problem would, would be Rassi talking to himself and asking himself decisions and the choices he's made in the last few tests the right ones, especially now with the benefit of hindsight. And you'll find that Tabiza, you will be the first one to probably admit that he probably has not made the right decisions, especially when it comes to selection. And, and then again, another, another issue which has become, you know, which is blatant, and probably a lot of people are very scared of, of speaking, is, is leadership within the side. You know, um, yes, we're all happy to see Sia Kulisi become, you know, the first black African captain on the Sumo side. But has Sia asserted himself as a captain, has Sia made the right decisions on the field? And, and again, these are the difficult questions, but they, they, those are the honest questions. And, and then again, Rassi's got to also question his own tactical acumen and the fact that, you know, the, the whole Bongi Bonami thing is going to come back to Python. You know, how do you take off a player after 33 minutes and say that he had, he had, he had blown he empty the tank? What tank had he emptied? Because Bongi Monambi had played well up, up until then. And yes, our people attribute the missed line out and say it was Bongi, but then there had to be a call made, you know, by one of the logs to Bongi to say this is where the ball is going. And then you see, you actually see on the, on the footage itself that Peter Stephitoy and Sia Kulisi did not react on time. They were very, very slow to react, which led to a try. So again, you know, um, Rassi had made a decision. Um, yes, he's given us a, a reason, or rather for me, an excuse why he made the substitution in the first half. And, and that can only serve, unfortunately, to break the trust that Rassi has probably built with his players. Because if, if Bong is going to start questioning himself and the trust that he has with the, with the coach, a whole lot of other players will start doing the same. Lukanya Amo will start doing it, Andre Eteris will start doing it, you know, a guy like Elton Yankees will start doing it, especially if there are going to be changes. Franco Lowe will start doing it. So there's a lot of other players who are being chopped and changed. In the, in, in the last, you know, three three weeks or, or so, we're going to start saying to ourselves, wait a minute, do I belong in this team? You know, is my place um, guaranteed or, or, or secure? Can I trust the coach when he says that he picks me to start and will he change me um, if I've made one or two mistakes within that first half? So again, I think the fundamental of what I was trying to say is that, that the biggest issues that Darcy has to address are, are, are with the man that he has to look at in the mirror every morning. Oh, you've said a mouthful, Vatangobin, and let's pick up from what you've said. Uh, you clearly don't buy the fact that um, Bongim Bonambi ran out of gas, which is what the coach said, and that's why he took him out after 35 minutes. Why did he start him then if he only believed that he had 35 minutes in him? You know, Travis, I don't want to go to this place, but you know, it, it, it only leaves one, one, only one option once you've eliminated, eliminated um, every other you know, uh, reason or excuse. Is that probably Rusty looked at his side and said, let me, let me tick all the right boxes. And the right boxes, Tavis, again, in this day and age, is that you would have to say to himself, do I have enough black players in my, in, in my team? Do I have enough black players in my starting lineup? And he would probably say, boom, 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 I've got, I've, I've got these guys. Okay, I'm safe here. I'm, I've gone or I need to whatever the target is. And then, and then, when the game, as the game transpired or unfolded, he started saying to himself, maybe I need my go-to man. Maybe I need my Malcolm Marks there. And that's where he decided to make the change. Because again, I'm going to go back to this. It, it, it cannot be that a player that, you know, Rassi works so lyrically about on Thursday, only on Thursday, when he made his team announcements, and said so people should not forget 
that Bongi Monambi played in the first two test matches against England, started in those in those test matches when Malcolm Marks was unavailable. And Bongi Monambi played some of the best rugby's played in the green and gold jersey. You know, and, and, and then all of a sudden to come and say it's empty the tank. And this is the same Bongi Monambi who when he played against England had not played a single super rugby game uh, this season. He had only played one game uh, in the domestic competition in the Super Sport Rugby Challenge. So again, you know, it baffles it, it baffles the mind it actually boggles the mind that a coach who, who had confidence in a player um, just, just two months ago, all of a sudden, loses confidence 33 minutes into a game. And then again, it, it, it begs the question, is Bongi Monambi his man or was Bongi Monambi selected because of, of circumstance, because Malcolm Muggs was not there? He spoke about the coach chopping and changing his team. He says he's building uh, for the World Cup, and that's why he's still trying to find uh, combinations. What What do you say to this? Well, you know, again, Tabuza uh, One is going to be empathetic to Rasi uh, Erasmus' situation when he came in. I mean, he's coming literally what um, 13 months before Rasi World Cup. It's not an ideal situation, and he, he inherits a team that is not as as experienced as previous Premier teams that have gone to World Cup. So yes. I buy the fact that he has to build them. I buy the fact that he, he's got to give a lot of the players experience. Guys like your FKS Neyman, you know, um, guys like Steven Kitov has got to get enough starts. With the guys like Will Kolo, guys like Lukanyo, I'm a pure dandy. You mentioned them, the water Khalans of this world. You've got to give those, uh, those, those players enough opportunity, not just coming off the bench and cats, but to also be able to start the game because you never know what's going to happen the next year. And then once you get the World Cup, injuries do happen in the game. However, and I don't, and I don't want to sound critical of Rasi because, you, you know, one has got to give him the, the, the latitude and, 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 and space to be able to do his job. But then again, he contradicts himself through his actions. He says that he wants to give players opportunities and he needs to build depth in the squad. He's sitting with the Empress Papir, who is now obviously said, now you will be my second scrum off. And 18 minutes go by in a test match, and Ambrose Papir does not get off the bench. So how then do you build, you know, depth um, at scrum off? How then do you give a young man like an Ambrose Papir opportunity to be able to, be, to build that experience with him? Because the time that Ambrose Papir has actually come on in test match rugby has been on the wing. So you need to give him ample opportunity to be able to play in his chosen position, which is number nine, which is scrum off. So again, I think Rashi is saying something. You know, and, and then does uh, you know the, the, the country, which which again, you know, opens him. Unfortunately, this opens him up, you know, to to a lot of criticism. And 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 for me, you know, I look at and I say to myself, they don't call that job because the challenge for nothing. <laughs> you also touched on the defense in your article uh, that I read this morning. I think you said they considered twenty tries in seven matches. Surely, yep. this is a big area of, of concern. Uh, is, it's a big area. It, this is the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room that I think the stream of management does not say out publicly because this had happened already against England. Everyone blamed the debutants of Pure Chanti and Smunkosi, young, inexperienced wings. Yes, they were coming in. But people forget that those players were playing within a defensive structure. And the defensive structure was, was telling them, you need to come in on defense. Unfortunately, they have not changed the defensive um, system. Uh, and that's when they again, when they played against Argentina, they, they almost tried to defend in a similar way which they did when they played against England. And, and again, the fingers point to one person only, Shock Nina, but he is a defense coach. He is a man that has been tossed 
um, with with, uh, with with this uh, defensive system that Rassi, you know, seemingly believes in uh, wholeheartedly. Because uh, Jacques Nina is a man that he took with him to Munster. He's a man that he came back with him. So you know. Jacques Nenaba is literally his right-hand man. And for the mere fact that Rassi has not come out in public to say that Jacques Nenaba needs to do something, and the fact that uh, the Springboks have not even put up Jacques Nenaba um, to the media in, in the time that they've returned as, as a management team um, um, uh, to take over the Springboks, you know, six volumes again, I think, of, of probably a part of, of, of the management that is unsure of themselves, but secondly, as well, of a Jacques Nenaba but as much as everyone speaks highly of him and, and his defensive capabilities, um, you know, it, it, it is not um, it is not as watertight as as it should, as it should be because obviously there is no way at this level of the game, you know, as a Springbok team, especially as a Springbok team, you can concede 20 times um, in, 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 in seven test matches. It, it, for me, it's almost unheard of. Uh, it, it, it reminds me just of the last two years we've had to endure um, um, in South Africa in, uh, under Aristocratia. So, and, and, and that was proven to be an, an inept management, and that was proven time and time again not to be the right man at the right time for the Stumbox. Three away matches, three losses. Why are the Box struggling to win away from home, uh, Vata? Yeah, this is a problem. I think, um, again, that uh, Rassi has inherited in terms of um, these away matches. Um, Aristocratia at the same, so a similar record. He has struggled a lot. In fact, in his first, he didn't win a single game away from home. Um, you know, and, and again, Tabi, so we, we need to, you know, I think we need to look at the psyche of the South African players. You know, um, they, they keep on complaining about traveling when it comes to Super Rappi and saying, yes, we struggled because we were to travel long distances. We spent much longer time away from home. You know, and, and, and for, unfortunately, Tabi, so that is not a good enough reason, you know, for, for a professional Rappi side not to be able to perform away from home. Um, and, and, and and this speaks to a mindset that is sitting, I think, amongst fashion that he players that, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to run away from home. And again, it's one that has continued to be perpetuated by how the Springboks have also gone on to perform um, away from home. And, 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 you know, to resolve this, for me, it's very simple, is that you need to tell the players that regardless of what you play, you're wearing the Springbok jersey, you're professional rugby players, and you need to perform at your best at every single test match that you play. And, and as much as I, I would love to exonerate Rafi Rasmus from this, but at some point he was the, the, the director of Rafi in, in South African Rafi. It's an issue that he could have uh, addressed from his Rafi department then. And now he sits in, in the hot seat, and it's an issue that he must and has to address. Because if the Springboks are not able to win away from home, then they're wasting their time going to the Rafi World Cup next year. They're going to make all sorts of excuses because the first game up is the All Blacks, and then they play that you know the, the the team called Italy, which they lost to two years ago, and then they'll play Namibia and surprise, surprise, you know, that is a, anything can happen now after we lost Japan in twenty fifteen. So so again, you know, it, it it's all a mindset. It's all built into the mind. And again, the Rusty has got to sit down with his team, make sure it brings in a sports psychologist and tell these guys it is it, as much as it's non negotiable and except to lose at home, it's just as much when you play away from him. If you've just joined us, we are talking to Vata Angobeni, um, SABC Sport Rugby Analyst, and we are just trying to find out if there is reason to be concerned about the Springboks. Uh, the coach has said that he's planning for the World Cup next year, but the results are not forthcoming right now, and questions are being asked. And we're also asking the same about Bafana Bafana, and we'll also speak to Dwayne Deloka about Bafana's performance and results. But we're going to continue with Vata Angobeni after this quick break, because I want to ask him, is there reason for concern? 
Let's have the conversation. 0891-104-207. You can call us at any time or SMS us on 40938 or WhatsApp at 061-4104-107 if you want to weigh in on the rugby. And also we're going to talk football. Vata, Rasi says he knows that his job is on the line if he loses to the All Blacks this weekend. Is it really that bad? I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's that bad. That is all but you know, as you pose the question now prior to the break, is that is there reason to be concerned? Obviously there's reason to be concerned. You know, um and again I find it um you know rather difficult to accept that Rasi Erasmus would fire Rasi Erasmus. <laughs> so, yes, there's, there's pressure on Rasi without a without a shadow of a doubt. There's pressure on him in both his jobs. Um and, and there's reason to for him to be very worried, not just worried, very, very worried. It was last year this time the Springboks had drawn 23 all against the Wallabies and headed off to, to New Zealand. They were very confident going to Auckland to play the All Blacks in Albany, and they got 57 now. You know, and if you lose a game against the Wallabies, a game that you should have won, a game that was well within your grasp, a game that you, you probably controlled even better than that position in that first half, and you gave it away in a manner which the Springboks did, you know, and you're going against a world, championship, uh, world champion side, that the last lost at home to to a, to a proper nation. I don't know. It's been years now. It's not over a decade. And and you're gonna go there into their own backyard and think that you're gonna topple them. You, you've got something else coming for you. When you when I looked at the All Blacks on Saturday and how good they looked, even when they were under pressure, and even when they they they'd made so many early uh, first half substitutions through injury, and they're playing without Brody uh, uh, Vitalik, they're gonna be playing without Garelo uh, Mapi, but then. They bring on the cars that put in Paris are coming back on. And it's, you've got to be worried. You've got to be worried that the state of mind of your, of your side, you've got to be worried that the fact that your, your team has not produced the goods, especially for 80 minutes um, since you've taken over. And you've got to be worried because ultimately there are players within that Springbok side that, that, that have just not taken responsibility, that have not led from the front, and that, that have not picked up their hands and produce the goods that we know that they can produce. So if I was Rasi Erasmus at the moment, probably so I would, yeah, I would, I would be playing with the rugby cards on my side and the Oblex has their first bad game in a very, very long time. Let's go to the Lions. Jody and Jobek, thank you for calling us. Hey, Tabisa, I've been listening to you in VAT. Hey, Jody uh, Hendricks. Interesting. I think uh, we should admit that our rugby is in a crisis. There's no way we're going to beat the All Blacks on Saturday. We couldn't beat an average Australian team this past Saturday, and I think we're in for a hiding on um, this coming Saturday. But, uh, you know, if we can look at the game, for example, the lineouts, you know, you can't teach guys to catch a ball in a lineout at, at international level. You can't teach guys to scrum at international level. These guys have got to know this stuff, and they couldn't do it this past weekend. They couldn't do it against Argentina, and they're coming up against the best team in the world, and um, I think this box are going to get a hiding, and it's just going to continue unless we drastically change our approach, uh, make some bold decisions in terms of our coaching and the players that we have available. Otherwise, our rugby is going nowhere. That's my what mind. are those bold decisions in terms of coaching that you're talking about, Jody? Well, we have to ask ourselves, I thought Rassi was brought in to do a better job than Alistair, but he's doing worse. Um, Alistair had a win record when he left the job of 44%. I think Rassi is there or there about. Um, we're going to at our scrum coaches. We're going to have to look at our attack. Is Sway's the brain really making an impact 
at uh, with a backline. Uh, he was brought in to consult with a backline. The backline was pathetic against uh, Australia. They were pathetic against um, Argentina two weeks ago. So those are the kind of questions that we have to ask. And in terms of our player management, um, I don't want to single any players out, but uh, Alton had a good game. He was taken off. Fast and Billy were horrible. And they kept were played the, the whole 80 minutes. And then we also have to ask the question of a player like Warren Whiteley. He hasn't performed the last two tests. He looks a bit rusty after his injury. Uh, is he up to international standard? And those are just a few I could I could talk to you guys all night, but those are just some of the guys in terms of players that I have question marks about. And then in terms of, of coaching, I think we are going to start right at the top and ask, is Rassi the right man for the job? Because he's not doing a better job than his predecessor. Great call. Thank you very much, uh, Jody Vata. I'll, I'll give you the last word. The coach keeps saying he's planning for the World Cup next year. Is he still the right man to take us to the World Cup? Should we let him go on until the World Cup, regardless of the results? I, I think that is all. We, you know, we, we don't have much of a choice as, as, as South Africa at the moment. But keep us here, I don't think, you know, whoever comes in, whoever we want to bring in, you may be the best coach in the world. You may have won World Cups. Um, this is an endless job that I don't think is, is, is even worthy of, of being attempted to be tried to, uh, to be saved. I think the reality of it, Tabiza, and, and you're going to touch on it now when you get onto the football, is that something is chronically wrong in South African rugby, in South African sport, in fact. And first and foremost, it comes to administration. Tabiza, if you don't get your administration right, if you've got a bunch of amateurs running professional sport, you're going to get the results that you see happening where now rugby. The results that you see happening where? In our football. And until we get to a place where we appoint people who are going to be accountable for their actions and whose jobs are going to be on the lines as well, to run these federations, to run teams, we are going to continue to see this. And once you get the administration right, that means you will start getting your structures right because there will be a plan in place. And once there's a plan in place, those people are not going to be scared to implement that plan. We talk big in South Africa. We've got the plans. We talk about the infrastructure. We talk about the sponsors. Unfortunately, you can have all those things. If you do not have the political will to do something, and you do not have the, 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 the strength to be able to stand up and stick to your plan that, that, that you have put out there, that you know that at times you're going to have to make sacrifices within your own organization. It's the same thing of saying that churches must vote for Christmas. It's got to happen, Tabi. So for Christmas to happen, Turkey's are going to be sacrificed. And unfortunately, in this situation, when it comes to African sport, the administration in this country has got to change. The way we, do, the way we run our sporting federations, the way we run our teams has got to change because we need to start taking a professional approach. And this is what Jody has said, is that you need to bring in guys who are specialists in these jobs and guys who know what they're talking about. And unfortunately, as much as strength to brain has been a good assistant coach, has been a good head coach now for the Lions, Unfortunately, I do not think that toe-to-toe you can stand with any of his international counterparts that are sitting on opposite sides you know, of, of, of the schoolwork management. So again, we need to look at ourselves, be honest, and do the right thing. If we do not do that, and it, again, it's stuck in the offices, if we do not do that, we are going to continue to talk about these bad performances, we're going to continue to talk about the slide of Bafana Bafana, the slide of the Stormworks, to number seven, Tabis, can you imagine? Mm. The Stormworks are sitting on number seven. And, and, and yes, as much as it's easy to blame the players because they're the ones on the field, but it comes down to management. It comes down to administration. If you do not get things right in the office, this is what happens. New Zealand has done it. 
you know, England at some point did it. What Ireland has done it. Well, we're talking about countries that have had, to, have had to make sacrifices, you know, in order to get the results that they're getting at the moment. And, and South Africa doesn't seem to, uh, is not seemingly prepared to make those sacrifices. And this is why this is still going to continue. Vatango Beni, SABC Sport Rugby Analyst, thank you very much for uh, giving us your views and speaking to us on SAFM. Last year, over 120,000 children in our schools became parents. Of that number, 3,261 of those children were under the age of 15. In other words, there are 3,261 mothers in this country who are 14 and under. Arguments around giving contraception and condoms to teenagers are incredibly controversial everywhere. Carol Bauer is a child rights expert and director of the Peace Centre and someone who looks at why teenagers are indulging in teenage sex. I suppose the first question to ask, and it's an obvious question, but also a complicated question at the same time, is why are our teenagers having sex in the first place? When girls get pregnant so they can get their hands onto the child support gone. I'm not denying that that does play some kind of a role, but in my view it's a very small role. I think one of the reasons that girls get pregnant is because frankly it gives them a reason to get up in the morning. What do you mean by that? When you have a bad education system with limited options, and you can't really see a path through your life in terms of how to improve it, well, you might as well have a baby. Mediated conversation on SAFM. Sport on on SAFM. Naba says maybe the solution is that the box and Bafana should swap genres. Box seem to kick their prize possession away, so Bafana will be right at home there. Bafana struggle to score, which is a very familiar territory uh, for the box. And also, um, where are the other tweets here? There's one from Roxy here who says that. Um, what did he say about a petrol attendant? Oh my goodness, I can't find it. It always happens. Oh, he says, Rasi is a petrol attendant who can see when people's tanks are empty. When is he appointing a permanent captain? Or oh, he has the liberty to say he's preparing for uh, 2019 and Alistair Kutsia did not have that liberty. Ditsejo says, good thing for us All Blacks supporters. We have no such issues. Spolegu medula oblongata. And then also... <laughs> Also, um, where's the other comment that I have here from Mumpo? He says, Rasi is planning to fail us in the World Cup. Favoritism is killing the box. Okay, we've got the box out the way. What's going on with Bafana Bafana now? And we are taking calls as we have this conversation with SABC and internationally recognized sports commentator, Olympic commentator, Dwayne Duloka, who was covering the game in Deben on Saturday. Feel free to call us on 0891-104-207 or SMS 40938, WhatsApp 061-4104. One zero seven, Dwayne. Good evening. Thank you very much for uh, speaking to us here on the show. Good evening, to be a bit chatty. Thanks, Dwayne. Let's start with the game. What's your over- overall take on the result and the performance? Yeah, I think the performance and the result are two separate issues here, and I think again we need to separate those two because uh, I think overall there were a couple of individual performances that uh, that, that, that that were, if not decent, uh, really good on the day. I think uh, I think. There you need to look at the conditions uh, as, as a first up. It had been raining all day in KwaZulu-Natal, in Durban in particular. And, um, and certainly conditions were a little slippery and slidey by the time the, the, the players came out into the pitch. Not a great deal of rain throughout the game, but I think you've got to take uh, some cognizance of the fact that it was a very wet day for Bafana Bafana. So not surprising to me then that the, the players that I thought were probably the most impressive were players who played in Europe in the sense that I thought Keegan Dolly, who's now playing in France and has been there for a couple of seasons has uh, played played particularly well uh, in certain areas. Although in, in terms of 
creative and attacking play wasn't necessarily the most brilliant or, or his brilliant self. Um, I thought Dean Furman was excellent in the middle of the park, and I thought Gamal Morocho looked probably the most comfortable and technically able player on the ball, but again, wasn't able to quite pick out uh, teammates for, for genuinely attacking plays. So I think a few individual performances stood out for me. Overall, the performance I thought was a little worrisome. I didn't feel the defence clicked the way it should. This is a side... Uh, that was made up of, of four or three defenders uh, who, who play together week in and week out uh, for Bidvestwitz and, and indeed um, a backline that is, is under Tulani Klachua or Fekri, uh, not unfamiliar playing together. Unfortunately, I don't think they quite stood up the way they would have liked overall as a, as a backline. Itumilin Kune having to uh, make quite a few saves to actually deny Libya the opening score. And I think the fact that Kune was tested more than Nasnush does tell a story in itself if you looked at nothing else. In terms of the result, the result is dire. You're playing a side ranked outside the top 100 in the world rankings and you can't get three points at home in a qualifier. That is dire, whichever way you look at it. Um, yes, you escape with a point. Uh, perhaps uh, conditions on the day, you could start to look at those and maybe blame those. But ultimately, you're playing home qualifiers. And if you are to qualify for tournaments, what, what you really need to be doing is winning all your home qualifiers and then beyond that, starting to pick up points away from home on the road, whether it is a point away, as Libya got here, or, uh, or indeed three points away from home. If you lose on the road, not the worst thing. But, you know, going to Nigeria and beating Nigeria in June last year was the perfect start to the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers for 2019. But to then throw that away by drawing at home to uh, Libya, a goalless draw at that is, uh, is disappointing because for a number of reasons. I mean, is Bafana Bafana going to be drawing fans to stadiums if they continue to play goalless draws? No. Are they going to continue to endear themselves to people when they can't find um, uh, wins at home, particularly on, on home soil where they should be able to play to the crowd? No. I mean, there, there are so many different aspects that we could look at. And I think ultimately uh, a lot of it's come down to where they're playing and, uh, and what times they're playing. What about selection, Dwayne? A lot's been said about leaving out Bradley Krobler, uh, who scored in the practice match, scored a few goals for Supersport United. A lot of people felt the team uh, lacked balance after the match. The coach said, if I had to let the guys pick the team, you'd pick 10 different teams. Did he get it wrong there, or do you understand what he was trying to achieve? Well, I think, I think uh, look, to be fair, uh, let's, let's look around and ask ourselves how many strikers, genuine strikers we have in the country because uh, we, we need to look at the PSL and ask questions when last we actually saw 15 goals in a league season. And the last man to do that was Siobhan Nombete. But are you going to be calling up Siobhan Nombete at, uh, at 41 years old to come and play for Bafana Bafana? No. But the, the, the point is you've got a couple of players who are capable of scoring goals. Uh, Percy Dow is one of them, but not when he's played as an out-and-out striker. And I think that's one of the things that we've seen time and time again. When he plays almost as a shadow striker or from a, a slightly deeper role, he has a little more time on the ball. And until he's completely settled, I think uh, we're not going to be seeing him being able to completely poach and score. Yes, he's going to be scoring goals, maybe not every game, but he's certainly going to be scoring goals. But I think he needs to be given a little more support around him. So Cesar Villagazi had a poor day, and I think that, that needs to be noted because he is influential in setting up goal-scoring chances. And Keegan Dolly didn't provide as much going forward as we would have liked. But, I mean, he was. At one stage, he was covering for Ramaz Limbachele at the right-back, and he's a left-winger, Keegan Dolly, which gives you an idea of the work he actually put in on the pitch. And I think that's something that should be, uh, should be noted but not criticised. But the point is, we started this qualifier at home looking for a win but we didn't have a striker on the pitch. 
And that was the first thing that struck me as uh, particularly odd, because you want to be seeing a striker on the pitch. I mean, the Tukela Rangier issues that, uh, that have, uh, have, have, have come up over the last year, of course, have, have, uh, have left Stuart Baxter a little short on, on that count, certain injury concerns. Um, Gabuza's fallen out of favour, not just with the national team, but with, the, uh, with Orlando Pirates as well. And, of course, he's, he's gone through his own personal struggles. But bear in mind, it was not very long ago that Gabuza was actually scoring um, goals for South Africa, including in a, a Nations Cup qualifier last campaign. He scored twice, remember, in that 4-0 win against uh, Gambia away from home. Uh, but, yeah, the, starting a game without a striker, I think, is, uh, is a little ludicrous, unless you are playing an away game and you are searching for nothing more, really, than a, than, than a point or perhaps the opportunity to catch opponents on, uh, on counter-attacks. But you can't be playing that, that at home. That said, Stuart Baxter's got a point in the fact that if we had to all decide uh, our starting 11s on any given day, they would all be different. But I think it's fair to say that a striker starting a game or a home qualifier should be a given. If you've just joined us, we're talking to SABC Sport and Olympic commentator, the internationally recognized Dwayne Adeloke. He was covering, uh, commentating on the Bafana Bafana versus Libya goal is drawing. We just want to get his thoughts on the result and the performance and the way forward because a lot of people have, uh, uh, there's been an outcry basically with the result and the performance. And what we're also asking is, is it too early to panic? Is there, is, is, is there reason to be concerned? Because a lot of people now think that Stuart Buckstock or Bafana rather could blow this, uh, this AFCON qualifying campaign despite getting off to that fantastic start of beating Nigeria away from home. We are taking your calls on 0891104207 and we'll continue after this. Call Tabiso now 0891104207 And Ronnie has called us in Katlehong. Ronnie, good evening. What's your comment? Good evening, Tabiso. Yes, good evening, Ronnie. What's your, what's your comment? What do you want to say? Okay, Ronnie, I can't hear you. Okay, I think Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, Ronnie. Yes. Surely there are so many factors that can be that can be attributed to that Bafana Bafana nil disappointing nil nil throw against the Libyans. Uh I think complacency, one, two, identification. I I, I fully agree with people who are saying we lack identity. I mean, uh, the formation of 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 just of just Stuart Baxter on Saturday playing Pesitao, uh, especially uh, as a false nine. I mean, why can't we we start with uh, the game with an out and out striker? And 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 complacency. I don't know. We 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 seem to be performing better when we are playing away from home. I don't know. Maybe 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 we should play our home games on a neutral venue. Okay, good call there, Ronnie. You raise a very good point about identity, and I'm going to ask Duane about that because a lot of people have been saying that about identity. I think he's already answered the one about playing with a false nine. Sifudi in Johannesburg, good evening to you. Evening, evening, Tabiso, and your guest there. What's your view? Hello? Yes, yeah, go ahead. Have your bite. You know, know, first of all, altitude. Why didn't we take that game to Limpopo? Why didn't we take that game to Peter Mugaba? And for, uh, secondly, does Stuart Bexa have it in him to take our squad forward? Is he an international coach or a club coach? 
Okay, Sifudi, let me... Even into you. Wait, before you go, let me answer you because we also called Safa to come on the show and explain to us why the game was taken to Devon. This is after the coach mentioned during the week that it was not his decision to take the game to Devon. He clearly would have preferred to take it somewhere else. And this is the response that we have from Safa. Are you there, Sifudi? Yes, yes. Okay, the response is... The, the response is Moses Mabira is one of the 2010 World Cup stadiums which the national team uses. In this case, the province of KZN outbid other provinces to host this match. What do you make of that response? No, the, the national national importance for us to qualify. Listen, uh, Tabiso, when we go to those uh, visit these teams in their countries, this part, they make conditions very difficult for us. Psychologically, mm. they get into our nerves. Training facilities are uh, uh, trashy. They make everything difficult in order for themselves to prevail at the end of the game. Why can't we pay them the compliment? And surely the coach should have something to say where he wants the game to be played. Surely you can't disregard the coach's comments here because he is under fire now, but he's not even playing the game where he wanted to play it. Uh, Dwayne, I'll ask you to just answer those two. Firstly, uh, let's talk about identity. A lot of people feel the team lacks identity over here in charge. Stuart Baxter, do you agree with that? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the point is, what is the South African footballing identity? Because, um, you know, this is, this is something where, where, where a lot of people have, uh, have hit their heads against brick balls on numerous occasions trying to answer this. I mean, I like to think of it uh, going back to the heydays of, of, of the, the sort of great Orlando Pirates and Mamelodi Sundown sides. Um, and, you know, Kaiser Chiefs, when they're at their, at their very best, where there's an there's a element of entertainment, but there's also um, several aspects of good attacking football and goals being scored. Um, but I think that's been lost a little. We, we've seen it return with Mamelodi Sundowns and the way they've played over the last few uh, seasons under Pizza Musimani, and they've gone on to win a massive seven trophies in five full seasons under him, including the, the African Champions uh, League crown, which is, a, which is a massive achievement in its, in its own right. And it'd be difficult to say that that hasn't been a side that has played with some very impressive skill and ability, uh, but also with some great ingenuity moving forward. And you look at the confidence that's come from certain players. Um, Timbers Rani in particular, I think, has been one that has grown tremendously in his role. Jenny Mabunda is another that I think of as well, who were players that might not have walked into any team specifically before the start of Champions League campaigns a couple of seasons ago. But now, uh, any, any coach would be lucky to have them in their uh, in their starting 11s at, at very, very top level. Uh, and certainly there has an identity that's been returned, maybe not entirely uh, shoeshine and piano, but, but it is an identity that you can look at and say, this is, this is phenomenal. Does Bafana Bafana have it? I don't think so. Um, and, and, and I think that's something that, that people can point to. But then again, it is difficult for certain national teams that don't have the setups of a France or a Germany or a, a Brazil where the academies teach the same things, the academies function in, in, in a lot of countries and, and try to provide an identity. What you saw from Germany over the last 20 years was a team that had never finished outside of the semifinals of any international footballing tournament between 98 and, and uh, 2018 FIFA World Cup. 
They didn't finish outside the semi-finals of any football competition at international level, but that goes back to academies, how they run, how they're put together. There is a distinct German identity that is adaptable, don't forget. So it's a very difficult question to, to, to accurately answer. Not everybody's always going to be agreeing with it. But when you have a team that works together day in and day out like Sundowns do, there's time to develop that under a coach. When you're assembling a team from all over, uh, and from players that play now all around the world, it is a lot more difficult to do so. But if South Africa, and this goes back to the very basics, had development academies that were a lot more functional, uh, that, that provided a lot more players to the various teams and systems, uh, we would see a lot greater identity, I, I, I genuinely believe, on the, on the field of play. Safudi, so not happy with going to Moses Mabida. I've read Safa's response. I know that you are numbers man. What do the numbers say about Bafana playing in Durban at Moses Mabida? <laughs> Well, look, I think I think you need to look across across the board with, with a number of things uh, when you talk stats specifically. I mean, South Africa played 31 matches overall in in Durban down the years. They won 17 of those, drawn 11, and lost only three, uh, which is a it's a pretty good result. But I think what's fresh in the memory and what hurts the most is that one of those that was lost in Durban was the 2-1 loss to Cape Verde in the World Cup qualifiers last year. When we went to Durban with four points in the bag and we lost to Cape Verde and, uh, and of course, lost to Cape Verde away as well. So back-to-back losses that left South Africa effectively struggling. And then, of course, the, uh, the double whammy afterwards with Senegal's match being um, overturned, replay ordered and uh, all the results expunged. Uh, but I think overall, uh, when you look at it, South Africa have lost only three matches and 31 there. England was the first team to beat South Africa. Uh, that 2-1 win back in 2003 when um, when uh, David Beckham managed to break his hand, shall we say. <laughs> uh, Nigeria, 2-0 loss in the Nelson Mandela Challenge in 2013. And then that, uh, that Cape Verde match. At Moses Mabida specifically, uh, 17 matches played and 7-1, eight draws and two losses. So although two losses have come... Uh, the concern there is the eight draws of the 17, because the eight draws are giving away points uh, to teams like the Gambia, to to um, teams like uh, like uh, Cameroon and, and now Libya, of course, in respect of qualifiers. The only genuine qualifying win that we had there was the Nations Cup qualifier against Sudan, the 2-1 win, and that was in 2014. We did have a World Cup win against uh, qualifying win against Angola in 2015, but that was a, the second half own goal from Manucho Diaz. I think overall, it's it's not a bad venue in terms of results, but you've also got to look at where the team is now compared to the team in years gone by. But I do think it's also uh, important to remember that the return for South Africa to international football came at Durban on the 7th of July 1992. And, and we remember that game against Cameroon. Uh, it was goalless until the very final minutes of the game when Dr. Kumala managed to uh, slot a penalty that saw Eskrima um, Shavalala celebrating as coach and South Africa celebrating as a nation that uh, they would return on their victory to, to international football. So perhaps a bit of a sentimental home. The decision to take the game to Durban was, uh, was, um, was I believe, solely, well, not solely, but almost uh, solely financial. But I can tell you as well from, uh, from what I've heard is that the, uh, the match is not, as I've read in reports, today going to Soccer City, the, uh, the, the match against uh, Seychelles, but rather going to Orlando Stadium um, before the return leg to go to the Seychelles. Ultimately, though, we're not out of the qualifiers, and I think that's what's important for, for people to realize. Although this is a less than desirable result, if you had asked South Africa if they would be happy with four points out of six from an away trip to Nigeria 
and a home match against Libya at the start of the qualifiers, almost everyone would have said, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll take that. But South Africa now, if they are to take this forward, does need to claim six points from these upcoming matches against Seychelles. That is unquestioned. That, is, that needs to be a guarantee. Let's go to KGM in Cape Town. Thank you for holding KGM. What's your comment? Tabiso, Dwayne and, and the listeners. Look, Tabiso, here's the problem with, with our country, with, with particularly with our, our football. We, we just uh, joined the bandwagon of doing the wrong things. We just continued with the bad thing. If you look at the likes of Jomosona, for instance, who used to go uh, uh, around the country scouting for talent and the type of talent that he got, that he brought uh, to, to our attention. You, you, you take the suggestions that we make day in, day out. You know, every time you as journalists, you challenge us, call in, what do you think the problem is? What do you think the solutions are? And who's listening? We're talking to people who are in the comfort of, our, of their zones, who have no interest whatsoever in our soccer, in our football in particular, but simply because they're making money out of they make us they make it look like they have the best interest of soccer in, 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 at heart. Now, our league itself, why do we think it would produce uh, any talent or quality capable to match par, on par with our counterparts across the continent, let alone go overseas? I mean, we have one, two, three players that are overseas that seems to be doing something that we can celebrate, but they're not really doing it. And the reason is this. What's the reason? Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, Joe. I'm sorry, KGM. I'm not sure what happened there, but I do hear you, though. You're probably saying the quality, the quality of our league is not good enough and the players are not good enough. And I think you're saying those in charge don't have the best interest of football at heart, but are more about making money. George in Grahamstown. Good evening. Thank you, Toby. So shortly, I think we've got a problem. We've got the Goku syndrome. Uh, we want instant gratification. Uh, the same crop, more or less 60-70% of the same people, players, failed uh, to qualify for major tournaments. Uh, you look at uh, the hierarchy of the administrators, they've got the tendency of giving... Uh, very, very qualified and capable coaches, the poisoned chalice. Um, you look at Brashakes, he didn't fail. You look at Pizzo, he didn't fail. But administratively, we commit blunders. Like the reason that you've just received now from, from Safa, yeah. that Mabida How's is... That? I mean, that's very shambolic. You, you, you employ a coach, but you don't consult him. It's a technical aspect. We must play at our at our advantage. Are you aware a country like Bolivia are unbeaten at home because of the altitude? The altitude? Yeah. Uh, it's it's very sad that we must cry off of over one and the same thing over and over again. And I will say something. It might be controversial, but I think we need a change of 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 leadership. Uh, the 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 likes of dr jordan uh they've served us well but i think it's about time they shifted it's about time they changed and, and the, the other issue time, george sorry to come when, in for when, this when, sec- when we want leaders people to emerge they they hide people like lucas i i've lost respect for him he came now recently trying to challenge for the suffer presidency but when people needed him most he, he shrugged 
You know, the only thing that our, most of our former players want to do is to go into coaching. Yeah, the and other issue, George, I don't want to come in, but people are holding, is that we're supposed to be playing another game now. It's still the international break. And we asked Safa, why is there no other game? And they're saying they couldn't find opposition. The one team they found said that they've got other commitments. I mean, also, that is not good enough, guys. Uh, surely the coach needed another game, probably wants to work on something ahead of the Seychelles, especially after this result. Andrew in Deben, good evening. Yeah, to be fair. Good. Uh, you know the caller before this one? Yeah. He, he, he hit a bang on the nail, man. You know, we seem to be just playing in one little pool. Yeah. And he's right. When Jomo was around, are you there? Yes, I'm here. When Jomo was around, he went all over the country. I mean, out of 50 million people and players all over the country, we get undersized players. Jomo discovered most of the players that played when we won the African Cup of Nations. And look at the mix of players we had there. We had big guys. Mm. We had all sorts of colors in there. I'm not saying that uh, you should go out and make quotas. But what I'm saying is we had a variety. We had people that could block. Like in 1996 also where we had different kinds of players that Clive Barker always uh, tells us about. And even Coach Shakes, he brought in players that people didn't know uh, when he was in charge of Bafana Bafana. I hear exactly what you're saying, Andrew. Sipal, I'll give you the last word in Peter Maritz back. Yes, hello, hello, hello. Yes. No, I just want to say uh, our countries are not doing their jobs properly. They're not developing our players properly. Our players are more one-footed players. And that makes our soccer to be so unattractive. If they can focus on developing even the weak, the weaker foot of our players, our our game our game will be more attractive. That is what I just, I just want to say. If you look at our games, I want one foot, right foot only, and then uh, our coaches must do their job properly. Thank you. Thank you. There, um, Dwayne. I'll. Give you the last word. Is there a reason to panic and uh, with this Afcon qualifying campaign? Because it's four points out of six, like you said. I think overall, no, no, no time to really panic. You can take. Uh, it was a disappointing result, undoubtedly, but I don't think it's time to panic. But you will be panicking if South Africa doesn't take six points from Seychelles in the uh, the upcoming back-to-back qualifiers coming up next month. If they don't, then uh, then a we don't deserve to go to the uh, the Africa Cup of Nations. But uh, but b in all likelihood we won't be. Great stuff. Dwayne Diloka, thank you very much for your wonderful insight and analysis and joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure uh, hearing from you, Dwayne Diloka. And with the SMSs, someone says Baxter's British predictable pass and run style does not suit us. That's a rollaway in Glovo in Soweto. And also, bad coaching for Bafana is letting us down. Bring Pizzo. That's Robbie in Nalsprate. And regards to Bafana in the box, coaches must just select teams and players which complement one another. Just make good selections. That is in Fana. I think it's in Mapetla, if I'm not mistaken. That's that's it then. That's our time. Not a good topic to be talking about because of the bad performances of our national teams. Hopefully uh, things can improve uh, going forward, but that's where we'll leave it. Mr. Ashraf Gara is up next with the viewpoint uh, from 8 to 10 p.m. Thank you to Loyolo. Thank you to Zelma and Debuko Khadebe on social media. There'll be more sport in the morning with uh, Zai Khan on sunrise with Stephen Rotes. Up next is news.